Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at mybankersvault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com. Hey guys, Omar Khan here with Beta Trading Co. I wanted to tell you about episode 124 of the Breakthrough Podcast. We currently have a special offer for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. We're offering a free one-hour live training session where we show how to instantly add stock options as a new income stream. Now, I've used this myself personally over the years to create a sizable real estate portfolio for myself, and there's no reason you can't as well. The cool thing is it only takes about 30 minutes a day, so if you have a job, or if you have a business, or you're just spending a lot of time with your family, you're going to have time to incorporate this in your life if you take the time to learn this, okay? Now... We're also offering a 15-minute free consultation to discuss how our option strategy can work with your current investment strategy and really take your investment to the next level, okay? So for more information, check out 30minutesstocktrader.com forward slash breakthrough to join us on our free live training, our next webinar. Remember again, episode 124, where Sandy and I go over exactly how I use this strategy to acquire a large real estate portfolio for myself, and there's no reason why you can't as well. See you there, guys. Talk soon. If you're looking for the skills and tools to succeed in real estate investing, you've come to the right place. This show is about breaking through barriers, breaking through limiting beliefs, and breaking through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Hello and welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us again today. We are very excited, as we always are, about today's show and our guest that we have uh, waiting in the wings. Yeah, so we'll get to him in a, just a couple minutes. Sandy, you're here with me again, as usual. How are you? Yeah, I'm pumped up and excited for the new show and uh, looking forward to learning and growing some more as we, uh, as we get through another show here. Everyone should go over to our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. There they can download any uh, any of our past shows that we've done over the last years and years and, and listen to all the exciting information that our guests have provided over in that time. So please do go over BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. There you can get our free gift as well. You can get a free gift, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. Uh, when you do that, you'll also get on our list so you never miss a show. You will uh, get updates as we go along with things going on in our life and uh, and businesses and all sorts of fun stuff. So go pick that up too. And um, yeah, so you never miss out. 
It's a little glitchy on my side, but I think uh, I think Sandy was just about to say that everyone should also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Isn't that right? Of course, of course. Rating and review. If you're watching live, we are hosting these live. If you're able to tune in live and uh, chat with us, ask some, ask us some questions. That's a great way to tune in as well. Facebook or YouTube. You can also. Uh, of course, leave us a review on iTunes where we've got tons of great reviews, tons of action there, and uh, seven plus years of episodes that you can go binge on and uh, enjoy. So we always appreciate feedback and reviews on there. If you have thoughts for the show, you want to see a specific type of guest or specific uh, category or topic, we're always reading through those and uh, and doing our best to bring on experts in those fields. So. Leave us some some info there, some reviews. We'd love to see that. It helps us get the show out to more Canadians across the country. And we'll talk about it a little bit more on the next episode once I'm fully set up here. But I'm just about ready to start helping people uh, collect some properties here in Costa Rica as well. So anyone listening, um, you know, give me a call. Reach out. Uh, we've got we've got plenty of uh, exciting income properties all over this area in Guanacaste. And, uh, and I'd be more than happy to share some of the opportunities with you guys. So reach out and we'll start, start a conversation about your next, you know, vacation home. Awesome. That's exciting too. Uh, people that have been following for the last few months have, uh, have got to join in some of your experience there with that. So that's exciting. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk about that on the next show once I'm fully set up here. We got the the closing. Uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll share a little bit. So it is it is difficult to move money around if you're not actually in Canada. Like for for me to move my money around and get it where it's supposed to be um, is is kind of difficult. So our closing actually was supposed to happen today and has got pushed off for a couple of days just because of the money situation and not being able to do a wire transfer from here. Uh, so things have been complicated a little bit more. I'm just happy that there wasn't a, you know, a, um, like a, a, a closing on the other side that was reliant on us closing on the house today. So we're lucky in that way. Um, yeah. but, uh, but so that's a little bit disappointing and I've got to get on the phone right after we're done here and, and make sure that things are still moving in the right direction as far as uh, that all goes. And hopefully we'll, have that place in our possession on the next time that we talk. Amazing. Looking forward to learning more about that and hearing about it. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I guess before we get started, we should, we should ask what's, what's up with you? What's new with you? Uh, there's not that much on my side, nothing that exciting at least uh, since we last spoke. Um, Honestly, not that much. I got a couple things in the, in the works that we'll uh, maybe uh, be able to disclose some more about in the next uh, episode or two. Um, but right now, just working on a few a few renovation projects that we've had for a bit, dealing with some tenant issues. <laughs> nothing, uh, nothing really uh, beyond the normal uh, challenges <laughs> that, that stuff brings. How's the new brokerage going? New brokerage is amazing. We're se- seven months almost in, six and a half, seven months. So it's been... Uh, a good journey. It's been a few ups and downs getting things off the ground. However, for where we're at, I think we're we're doing really well. We got seventy. I think we're going to hit over seventy agents now this month, and uh, you know that's been exciting. Of course, just uh, growing that. We've got great people in place to help us do it. So, um, so yeah. Even despite uh, all the different challenges with COVID and everything, we've done good. We're about to 
do some in-person things in the next months, which is really exciting because we've never done any in-person events or trainings or anything like that. Yeah, I was going to say pretty much every time I, uh, pretty much day you guys are announcing a new agent joining you guys. So, well, there's only sixty thousand of them or something to 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 find in in Toronto. So there's lots of opportunities there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anyone wants to learn more about that, definitely reach out. We can uh, we can chat about that. If anyone wants to become an agent or is thinking about that type of career, you know, there's there's some opportunities. Both you and I could help out with that in in, in different ways. So definitely reach out to us about that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, enough about us, though, right? I know we've got a great guest standing by. We're uh, we're pumped up to learn more about. And uh, why don't we bring him in? Yeah, sounds good. Absolutely, Sean. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Sean Ray is here. Hey guys, very excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me on the show. Absolutely, and and you're an active investor, uh, an agent with a firm focused on with a firm focus on the power to believe and achieve. And you attribute all your success to a switch in mindsets to unlock the ability to keep moving forward. And uh, you're specializing in helping real estate investors, of course, looking for multifamily and flip properties all across Niagara region and South Ontario. Uh, and you're here with us to discuss, you know, all, all sorts of stuff around that, but also family mindset, struggle and overcoming obstacles, which uh, we're excited to learn more about uh, what, what that mindset looks like and then how you've been able to, to, to feed off that and, and achieve some great things. So welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you so much, Sandy. Thanks. Thanks, Rob, for having me. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to share my story. Um, you know, my story started not that long ago, to be honest. Like a lot of people think that getting into real estate investing, you, you know, you need to be in it for years and years. And it takes a long, long time to become successful and to, to build a portfolio. But that's um, that's not exactly the truth. And there's, you know, there's lots of good examples in Ontario here with investors that have done that in a short amount of time. Yeah. So, I mean, again, thanks for being here. And so let's talk specifically about you, though. We're not here to talk about those other guys that have done it. Let's hear your story. You know, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Let's start out that way. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm, I'm a father of three. So I have three daughters mar- married to my wife. Uh, we've been together for like 14 years now. Um, I have a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a nine-month-old. Um, and before, you know, going back into into why I got into real estate investing, it was because I was struggling financially. So I, I didn't have the financial means to um, to really support my first daughter when, when we had her. And I found out that, you know, working as an IT guy, working my way up the corporate ladder, I was 25 years old, t- turning 26, and I was buying my first house. And I was living paycheck to paycheck and I was doing that nine to five grind. So I was commuting back and forth to, to Mississauga every single day. It was like one hour there, one hour back, sometimes with traffic could have been longer. And I was working for, I was supposed to work 40 hours a week, but I was working 50 hour weeks, 55 hour weeks. And I was still struggling paycheck to paycheck, not able to save money. I didn't know what I was doing wrong. And I think that's, that's something that a lot of people can relate to right now is working in that corporate grind and not being able to get ahead. And then wondering like, how is it that other people are able to buy multiple properties in this, in this current market, the way that our economy is, real estate is super expensive. How are people actually able to do this? And I didn't know the answer to that when I was 25. And um, that's, that's basically where my, my journey started. And I started educating myself on real estate investing. Cool. And uh, you, you've been all around Niagara region the whole time? So I, I grew up in Hamilton originally. Um, I was born and raised in Hamilton. I lived there until I was 25 and I purchased my first 
property, not a rental property or a real estate investment. I purchased my first home that I moved into. Um, and I was, it was a new, new build out in Stony Creek. I bought it when I was 25. I think, I think it was done being built when I was 27. We moved into it. And, um, that's basically where I realized that I was completely house poor and I was broke and, and I needed to fix something. Right. Because I was like, I, I just had my first daughter. So we, we just moved in new baby. You know, I had like two car leases. I was leasing a car. My wife was leasing a car. I was working this corporate job that was, I was trying to work my way up the ladder, trying to get, you know, salary increase, whatnot. And, um, at the end of the day, every two weeks, you know, all the money goes out, pay my mortgage, pay my bills, pay my car leases, take, take the wife out to a steak dinner, buy the baby diapers and I'm broke again. And I got to repeat and do it. And, uh, I, I came across the book, rich dad, poor dad. Lots of people can relate to that. I read Robert Kiyosaki's book and learned about the cash flow quadrant. And then I read the cash flow quadrant and then I started reading some other books and that's where I started realizing I need to focus on assets and that the house that I thought was an asset because all of my friends and family and everybody else owned one home and they said, Hey, you should buy a house. It's going to be the best investment that you ever make. I realized that through reading those, reading those books that my house wasn't necessarily an asset because it wasn't actually putting money in my pocket. It was actually costing me a lot of money every single month. And it was, it was basically my biggest expense. And so I switched my focus to how can I buy an asset that's going to put money in my pocket? And at that point, I had the discussion with my wife and I said, would you be willing to sell our brand new house that we just, you know, customized new flooring, like with the flooring, the cabinets and all of our appliances to like an older duplex that we're going to house hack. And she actually agreed. And we ended up moving into the Niagara region um, within 12 months. We sold that house and we used the funds from that house to buy our first house hack, which was a duplex. I lived upstairs and we rented out the downstairs. Um, and that's where the whole journey started where I said, okay, I'm going to put together a plan of buying more than one property. So this was going to be my first property. And I put together a plan of like three-year plan, a five-year plan and a 10-year plan and, um, how I'm going to scale my portfolio essentially. Amazing. And, uh, yeah, I, must've been, uh, some good convincing on your half, I, I guess, to get, uh, to get the other half in, in, in on that. Cause, um, you know, I've had some challenges with that at times too, with, with spouses, with friends or whatever, it's always a little challenging if they're not, not maybe she is, but it's hard to get them on the same wavelength, the same mindset, if they haven't done some of the stuff. Yeah, done, like, I mean, like, if they're not reading all the same books and, and, and following along and learning exactly like you are, it is kind of hard to say, you, you see this great house that we have here. Let's, let's just sell it and we'll live in, you know, an older house with people underneath. How about that? And we had a baby. Right. Yeah. And so she, that was, that was super foreign to us because we were going to live with strangers in a house and we had a new baby. And I got to tell you, she was the only one that supported me. She was the only one who said, it's a good idea. Everyone else, like my friends, my family, everyone said, Sean, you're crazy. I can't believe you're about to do this. Well, it's a little short-term, uh, short-term kind of sacrifice, right. To, to, to achieve something bigger in the long term, And, and, and then how did that parlay into the rest of your investment journey from that point forward? Um, I can give you the like really short winded story or a little bit more detail. Um, I don't know which ones you guys prefer, but we've got some time. Let's, let's hit yeah, a, a few details. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I bought that one in, it would have been like 20, 2013, 2014. So we're going back seven years. That was my first duplex seven years ago. And, um, I house hacked it and my plan was to buy a second property within three years. 
So I wanted to save up enough money. And again, like I didn't have any money saved. I didn't have family that had money. I, I really had no money and I used a hundred percent of my money to buy this house hack. So I had to start from scratch. I didn't understand refinancing. I didn't understand vendor takebacks. I didn't understand private lending. I knew nothing about any of those things. So I, in my mind at that time, I had to go and I had to work really hard to save enough money to buy another house. I had to build up enough money to have the down payment. So I put together a three-year plan to buy my second property. So I was thinking by 2017, I'm going to buy the next one. And fast forward three years. So three years went by. I still worked the same IT job. I was working the corporate job. I was trying to save money. But what ended up happening is with the money that we that we offset from the rental income coming from downstairs, we just ended up spending it because I hadn't changed my financial like aptitude. I hadn't changed the way I looked at money. So I started saving that extra $1,000 a month because I wasn't paying that mortgage, but I wasn't actually saving it. I was just spending it. And three, three years went by and we still had no money saved. And I looked at this whiteboard that I had written. It was actually a piece of paper that I you know, wrote down on, on a journal and I opened it and I'm like, man, three years have gone by. I don't have any money saved to buy this second you know, property. What am I going to do? And so talk, talk with my wife. And I said, like, I'm going to have to get another job, you know, on top of my corporate job. And so I went and I got a job at a sushi restaurant and I was working my nine to five. I went to the sushi restaurant after work and I'd work there until 11 o'clock and I was saving some money. And then I realized I'm like, I'm not saving money fast enough after I did this for two months. So I went and I, I got a taxi job in the evenings after the sushi restaurant. So I was working my corporate job. Then I'd work at the sushi restaurant. Then I'd drive a taxi until three in the morning. And then I'd go back to the corporate job at 8 a.m. And I did this for about 11 months and I was able to save up the $18,000 or $20,000 that I needed to buy my second rental that I was going to move into. I was going to house hack it again. So it was a 5% down property. And that's what I did. And so I kept the first property in Welland and I went and, uh, and I moved into a property in Fort Erie and we bought a triplex at that time and we house hacked it. And uh, that was where, so that was in 2016, um, end of 2016, start of 2017. So that's where everything changed for me because I realized that going from that one property where we just had the bottom rented out to then moving into a triplex, I went from one rental unit to four rental incomes coming in now, right? And that changed everything for me because I started making like all this extra income that I didn't have from rentals. And it was almost the same amount as my salary. And I was like, I can't believe I just did this with one, one move. I bought a second rental. So that's where I dialed in and I really focused on educating myself. I started reading like every single book that I could possibly find on, on mindset, on networking, on working with other people, just becoming a better version of myself. And, um, and I connect, and I started building out my network at that point. I started connecting with mortgage brokers and people who could assist me. And at that point I connected with my mortgage broker within about eight months of me buying the triplex. And he told me, Sean, we can refinance your first property. We can leverage that equity and purchase a third one. And then we can start scaling your portfolio. And in 2018, um, I learned about the Burr strategy and I implemented my first Burr project and I, I bought a duplex and I did the Burr strategy and executed it in 40 days and had all my money back. And that just motivated me even more. And after that third property in 2018, I bought five, five or six in 2019 and did the burst strategy on every single one of them. And I continued that into 2020 and into this year as well. Nice. 
You know, you know what I, I find impressive and just like so foreign to me is not like working a large amount of hours, but just having that support, honestly, to go out or I, I don't even know how you can do it. Go work at a restaurant and then go drive a cab until three in the morning. Then what? Get home, sleep for what? Two hours and then get up and go back to work. Yeah, it's like four, four or five hours, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That is absolutely insane, but I guess, man, that's Eye of the Tiger right there. Well, you knew what you were doing it for, right? You had a, a big, big passion or drive behind it, a big why. It was, it, it was, to- it was very, very focused. And and going back to to the why, like why, why all of a sudden, right? Because you think like, hey, I'm 26, 27 years old. At that time, I was now 29 years old, and I never had that drive. So it, that's the whole thing. Is we go back to and we ask ourselves like what happens in our lives where all of a sudden we just become more motivated, right? What is that switch that like triggers you to say, Hey, you know, I've been sitting back and doing nothing for months or years. And now all of a sudden you see somebody just excel and they go past all of their peers and they have ambitions and they're hustling and they're motivated. And for me, that would have been my child because when I was 20, when I was 26 turning 27 and I had my first daughter, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to give her the life that I would have wanted with financially because I was living paycheck to paycheck. And I knew that if I was living paycheck to paycheck now, it wasn't going to get better unless I changed something. I needed to change something so that financially, as my child grew up, I could afford to give her a better lifestyle. And going back to that, that's the motivator. That was the why of what pushed me and started driving me to, Hey, I'm going to work two jobs. I'm going to work three jobs. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be able to buy these rental properties because I know that buying them will change my life. It's changed your life in other ways too, though. Right? Like um, we were talking just before the show and I've seen all your posts. You, you just got back from a pretty extended stay in Belize, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. So this goes back again to, it was educating myself on, what what is it that I want to do with my life that's going to make me happy and it's going to make my family happy? And how do I achieve those things? And the the answer that goes back to to how do you achieve any goal that you want in life? And that's by taking actionable steps. And so one of the first actionable steps that I do with anything that I want to accomplish is I write it down and I'll write it down. I have I have a I don't know if you guys can see this, but I have a whiteboard right there. So, so that whiteboard is basically my annual uh, list. It's my checklist of things that I need to accomplish this year. So I wrote that in January of 2021 and I wrote all of the things down. And one of the items, there's 25 items on there, but one item on that list is to take a three month vacation in the Caribbean. And I had to figure out how to do it. So I started that process in January of figuring out how can I take three months off while I'm still, I'm property managing like 90% of my units or 85% of my units, I still manage them myself. So how can I figure out how to actually take a three-month vacation while still having all of these rental units that I need to manage? And so I, it took me three or four months to figure out that process and have a system in place where I could actually leave and I didn't have to deal with the tenant issues. And I was able to set that up and implement it and, and take that vacation. And, and I was gone and I came back and everything's still standing. Well, let's let's dig into that a little bit more now, too, because it leads right into the next question. So what are and that'll be one of them, but I'm sure there's others. What roadblocks have you encountered along the way here and how did you overcome them? Like 
So, I mean, just pushing through and getting that money saved for, for the one, that's, that's a huge roadblock that most people would think was too big. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't want to take that kind of action um, to get where they want to go. But what are some of the other ones? Yeah, so I would say that the next roadblock or, or hurdle that that I came across going back into after I had moved into the rental prop into the second rental property, I was working on the bird project on the third one, I executed it. But during that project, one of the hurdles that I would say that was the hardest hurdle to, to overcome was taking 100% of the money that I had, including, you know, a line of credit that I had to borrow and never having had that much money in my life and putting it all into one rental property. For me, that was the scariest thing that I'd ever done in my life because if I failed, I was broke and I was probably in a worse off situation than when I started. And so for me, that was a huge mental hurdle that I had to get over. Um, and And the way that I was able to overcome it was honestly by talking to other real estate investors who were in my market and who were doing it um, because they gave me that motivation and the confidence to continue going and made me believe in myself that I was actually going to be able to do this and that I wasn't going to fail and that they had just successfully completed it. So if they can do it, then I can do it. That was, that was probably the next biggest hurdle that I overcame. And, and I continued using that support system of, you know, my peers and other people that are in the real estate community to, to help me overcome any of those other fears that I had going and scaling up. Like that was a duplex. But then when I bought my first fourplex, I had the same fear because it was a bigger down payment. And then when I bought my first eightplex, same problem. I had that fear of, Oh my God, this is the biggest down payment I've ever had to put on a property. But I just pushed through because I know other people that are doing it and they're coming out on the other side. Okay. Yeah, that's like the people around you are, are, are huge in those moments, right? Because it's, first of all, you're going to usually grow into whoever the top people that you hang around with are. But in those moments when you're scared, you know, like the scariest thing you've ever done. Yeah. You need people around you. It's, 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 it's I guess some people can overcome it, but you're going to have a lot of naysayers around you. That's goes without saying. So you yes. need to have that core group of at least a few people that are really going to say i've done it before it's not nothing big man just do it (laughs) yeah exactly and then and then that's the thing is once you have done it once so like once i bought that first duplex and i did the bird project that fear was gone i i wasn't scared to do it again and then the same thing with the fourplex the first one we bought it was scary and then the second one i'm like i've already done this it's a piece of cake uh what other roadblocks anything else has come up uh, over the years that's been like a a, you know a big one that kind of either set you back or could have set you back a lot yeah, I would say it comes down to like limiting beliefs and mindset. But one of the one of the roadblocks or hurdles that, you know, that I, I think a lot of people will relate to is the fear of investing outside of their own neighborhood. So a lot of people will focus just on their city, their town, their neighborhood. And they'll say, I don't want to I don't want a house that's further, like more than 15 minutes away from me because I want to be able to see it to manage it. I want to be able to get there quickly. I don't have to drive hours and hours to get there. And I had that same belief system where I needed to have everything close by. And I did buy the first 10 properties in my neighborhood within 15 minutes. And after, after, you know, two years went by and I had these properties, I had some opportunities that came up that were still in Ontario, but maybe they were like four or five hours away somewhere where I wouldn't be able to just drive over. And the first property that I bought was in Sarnia, Ontario, that was farther away. 
And um, we've owned that property for about a year and a half. I've never been to it. Um, and we have no problems with the property. It's under property management. And I would say it's probably the easiest property that I've ever owned. Um, and so getting over that hurdle was probably, it, it was scary to give up that control of, you know, not being able to control every single aspect of the rental property and to be there whenever, you know, something came up. But once I did it, that hurdle that I overcame allowed me to go and start investing in like uh, New Brunswick, where I had, I've never been and uh, I've purchased property there and I've never seen it personally. And it's went very well. And then that also goes into, well, why did I invest internationally? Because of that first obstacle that I came over, you know, I got over investing out of my neighborhood and I invested four hours away and then I invested across the country. And then because I was able to do that, that allowed me to invest internationally. Awesome. And so now you're in, you mentioned uh, Sarnia. So that's, that's what five hour drive, four hour drive yes. maybe from where you are. You got, yeah. you got Newfoundland, which is, which you're not going to drive to probably anytime soon. And uh, is that St. John's Newfoundland? Or is no, we, uh, New Brunswick, um, New Brunswick Moncton. Sorry. We Moncton, invested okay. in, in Moncton, New Brunswick. Yeah, we bought a, a fourplex there in January of this year. And international limit. Is that the U.S. or is that, where is that? Um, in Belize now, in, in the Caribbean. Perfect. I was hoping that was that was the answer. That's exciting. <laughs> Sweet. So, so, yeah, internationally now. So, you got some, some, a lot of that has happened in how long? In the last five or less years, right? Um, so my first Burr project was in 2018. So we're three and a half, three and a half years as a real estate investor. And have you, have you done Burrs in, in Moncton and in these areas too, that are, that are, that you're removed from, like you're not physically there or have they been more turnkey? Um, they're like slow, slow, slow projects. So most of them were like the one in Sarnia was fully tenanted. Um, we didn't try to do cash or keys. It was already cash flowing pretty well. I think we bought it. We, it was a eight, eight townhomes and we bought it at a seven cap. Um, so didn't really have to do anything. We, we actually, I just spoke with um, property management there this morning because there was a, a unit that was turning over and um, I was asking if she had re-rented it. And so that one's going to get boosted up in rent. Um, I think most of them were paying like 750 market rents, like 12, 1250. So we should get a boost of $500 times eight across the board. Um, awesome. And yeah, uh, it's seven, just, if it's you're buying a seven cap, that's, that's, that's okay to start yeah. with anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we did, we did really good on that one. That was a COVID special. We bought it in March of 2020. So right when everybody was scared during the very first lockdown, that's when we bought that one. Was it, was that, was the news already out kind of that COVID was yeah. happening? And yeah, we had so to how wear did you overcome that? How did you, how did you overcome that? Cause that was a tough point to take action. Like, you know, when, when we're talking about taking action and, and, you know, there was a lot of people that would have told you, just play it cool here. This is a, this is, we got to be careful right now. Um, yeah. but I'm guessing you're going to look back on that and think that was a, you know, thank that goodness was... you took action because it's probably gone up like crazy at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we paid 800,000 for eight townhomes. Um, I think that, you know, they, what's, what's the saying? There's a, um, the risk favors the brave or something like that. So, or something, there's a say, saying rewards the brave, but yeah, that was a little bit of a, it was scary. It was a little bit ballsy to do it. Um, but the numbers made sense. And when you go back to the fundamentals of real estate investing, 
do the numbers make sense? Does the property cash flow right now as is, do I need to forcefully do a bird project, do cash for keys? And do I need to, do I need to have three things happen correctly just for this property to turn out the way that I want? Right. And if the answer to that is yes, then that's a lot riskier than going into a property knowing that it cash flows as is and you don't need to do anything for it to cash flow and the likelihood that your rents when they're already very low would go lower is very unlikely that was a it, it was a very low risk investment in my my perspective um but that was only because we've already done so many so many purchases prior to going into that that we were confident enough in knowing the numbers and, and when we know if the numbers work the numbers work they're not going to change so tell us about your Belize property. Yeah, so that right. that that started uh, we're twenty twenty one. That started January of twenty twenty as well. So kind of all, it's it's all kind of linked together of where you see that like mindset shift of you know I started getting over some of the fear that I had of real estate investing, um, and um, yeah, so we we had, that was just right around when we purchased Sarnia. And what ended up happening was I was on a trip to Cuba in December uh, with a friend. And we're laying on the beach and I've always wanted to own property, like by the beach in the Caribbean. That's, you know, that's a dream. Every time I go to, you go to Mexico, you go anywhere. You're just like, man, how can I own property here? I want to live down here. I want to have a vacation home here. Right. And that's, you know, you're sitting with your friends on the beach, having beers, having drinks, mojitos. And that conversation always comes up. And we, ha- we were having that conversation. And while we're in Cuba, I went online and I started looking at places where we can invest and buy because we can't in Cuba as a Canadian, you can't just go and buy property in Cuba. Um, so I started looking around and I came across Belize and I had, I had already learned about Belize and I had come across some listings, you know, in the prior years before that, but I did my research and I realized that as a Canadian citizen, you can legally buy property, any real estate in Belize and own it with fee simple title because it's British common law. So it used to be called, it used to be uh, called British Honduras, the, you know, they speak. So, so many, so many benefits to investing in Belize. But once I came across and I did my research, I was like, okay, I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to buy something in Belize. And my friend that I was with in Cuba said, let's do it. And so we actually went and we, we bought some land that's near a beach in, on an Island called Ambergris Key, just outside of town of San Pedro. And, um, we went through the whole process. So we, you know, we put, we, we talked to the real estate, real estate agent that works for Remax. We said, Hey, we're interested in buying this. Can we get some type of vendor take back or seller financing on it? Because we didn't want, we were, again, we were a little bit scared. We're being, we didn't want to take on too much risk. So we said, what's a way that we can get into this investment with the least amount of risk. And for us, that would be putting a down payment that was minimal so that if it wasn't actually, you know, uh, if, there, if it wasn't actually real, we might lose that money, but we wouldn't lose the whole amount. So we went through the process. We found a property that they could do seller financing on. My friend and I both partnered on it and we got all the documentation done. So we signed the DocuSign. We signed the contract. They sent the contract here to Canada. We had our lawyers review it. They notarized it with our passports, sent it back to the closing company in Belize. And they ended up closing on it. And we got, we got, you know, we got it done. And I was like, holy crap. We actually did it. We own something in Belize. And once we did that, that was what motivated me. I mean, pushed me and it gave me that, you know, that kick to say, if, if I can do this, you know, why not just find really good deals and become a, a, a real estate investor there and understand the market? It's a small island. There's only like 12,000 people that live there. 
it's like four miles wide, 21 miles long, and half of it can never be developed because it's reserved. So there wasn't a lot of, it's not a lot of area that you need to become an expert in. And um, so that's what I did. I spent the next few months doing tons of research on the island. And then I bought the next one on my own and then the next one on my own and the next one on my own. And I just, I've kept buying for the last year and a half now. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, I love it. It's, it. It isn't that complex. People will probably get a little bit overwhelmed with the complexities maybe of, of that type of, uh, of a pursuit. Yet when you break it down like that, it's, I mean, 12,000 people, not that, not that big of an area. Like as an example, I'm just talking yeah. about other areas that people could go into and it could be more complex, but yeah. it's no different than just getting to know your, your neighborhood in, in wherever in Sarnia or something, right? It's not exactly, it's not that well, crazy of a, of a pursuit. Like it's an amazing uh, accomplishment, but it's, it is achievable for almost anybody. It is. You can put you can put the brakes on anywhere. Like like you say, you go down and you and you start to research and you realize, okay, it's fee simple title. That's great, but now I've got to come up with one hundred percent of the cash because there's no, no. Well, you know, traditional lending is very difficult on something like that. So some people might say, okay, well, I can't come up with one hundred percent of the money. So I guess that's it, right? But it just comes down to. Um, looking for those opportunities like that vendor take back you were talking about and uh, and you know moving forward on it from there and and then and then being able to do it again right and keep on finding those deals did, did you um, was it uh, was it uh, did you have to build was it vacant lots yeah so the first the first lot that i purchased was uh, a vacant lot and then the second lot i purchased was a vacant lot and i was doing all this sight unseen so i had never been to belize i had never been to ambergris key um i was doing it off of google google maps basically right so i did it all off of google maps and then videos that i relied on or in pictures from the real realtors um and yeah so we bought bought vacant land and um what ended up happening was I'll, I'll answer the, the whole build, the build portion, but I was just to make it clear of like, why would I invest? Right. Cause when you invest people, people think like, Oh, you're buying in tropical Island. Like what's the cash flow? What's this? What's the, like, people want to know what's your ROI on something like this. Right. And so just to give you an idea of, of how I figured out how I would make a return was the very first property that I purchased was a vendor take back. And I realized that the seller was making really good money on the interest payments. He was charging me 8% and you know I was paying that in interest plus the principal and all that. And so what I did was I figured out a plan of purchasing several vacant lots that I would then seller finance and I would do vendor take backs on. And so I purchased this first several on my own, all vacant lots, all in the same neighborhood right near Secret Beach um, on the island of Ambergris Key. And after that, I was talking to some of my friends and some of my other real estate investor friends said, hey, Sean, can we partner on, you know, another lot if you get a good deal? Because I was getting these for a lot less than what the market value is. So I would say I was I started buying. I bought the second one in it was, again, March of 2020, right during COVID. Uh, I offered the guy about 30 percent of what his ask price was, and he accepted it right away. Um, so that's how I started picking up the deals. And I realized that there was a lot of people here that weren't buying March, April, May, June, July of last year, nobody was buying. And I bought every single parcel of land that was under a certain price range on the entire Island. Um, and that allowed that whole market to actually change. And I increased the value of that whole neighborhood on the Island by about a hundred percent 
So every single property that I purchased went up over a hundred percent within those four months that I bought them. And, um, and then I started partnering with people. I started bringing in joint venture partners and we started buying them together. I opened a corporation with two of my friends and we purchased some properties together under the corp. And then I JV'd with some other people. We purchased, you know, additional lots. And uh, right now I'm up to about 17 parcels, I think 18 parcels of land. And, uh, and we purchased a condo. So uh, we haven't developed on any of those, but uh, we do have a home now. We have a two bedroom uh 1500 square foot condo that's on the island that we just closed on this week. Man, that's incredible. I love this story. Thanks. That's that's <laughs> that's definitely called taking action for sure, man. That is that's so you're going to you're going to sell most of these uh, parcels of land? They'll be split. So it depends because some of my partners actually want to they want to actually build down there. So depending mm-hmm. on some there's two options for either one. One option is either we sell them and we do a vendor fu- vendor take back of like 80% at 10% interest rate. That's I recently sold the one that I bought in March of last year. I sold that for a 300% profit at a 10% interest rate over 30 years. Oh, that is so cool. That is so cool. And then you were, you, so that's funny. Uh, I guess you say that you bought the, um, the condo while you were in Canada, but you no, had no. seen it. No, I bought the oh. condo. So, so the condo that I closed on this week, uh, I bought while I was down there the last three months. So, so I went down there for three months. When I when I got to Belize, I had seven parcels of land and no condo. And in those three months, I purchased eleven additional parcels and a condo. That is that is incredible. Well, I'm I'm definitely sure people are going to want to hear more about that from you, and and we're going to get your contact info and how people can get in touch with you about that towards the end of the show here, and it'll be in the uh, show notes as well. But um, that's great. That's great. Uh, let okay. Look, there's been a lot on mindset, and I think you know clearly even with your story, people are going to be able to tell that the only thing that stands in their way is their self. Yeah. Um, but you know, for practicality's sake, give us your top tips for new investors. Um, so one of the things that a lot of investors seem to seem to uh, forget is that there is no there is no special secret that somebody is going to teach you that is just going to catapult you to success. So no, you're, you're not going to pay a mentor $5,000, $10,000, $25,000, and he's just going to tell you one thing, and all of a sudden, now you're going to become successful, and you're going to be a real estate millionaire overnight. The real secret to success is working hard, reading books, listening to podcasts like this, where other people have already done things, reaching out to those people that you hear on the podcast, and then not just absorbing the information, but then taking action on the information that they give you. That's really the best tip is educate yourself, network with other people that are investing, partner with other people that are investing if you need to, but take action on those things that you're learning. There's there's so many people that I've met over the past three and a half years that were looking for advice on how to get how to scale their uh, investments, how to how to go from, you know, one rental property to multiple rental properties. And there's so many people that never took action over those last three and a half years and they still have one rental property. Right. And then they'll look back in 10, 20, 30 years and they'll be kicking themselves saying, why didn't I take action? But that's the difference between changing your life and living, you know, a normal life, the nine to five grind where maybe you have a couple of investments. Right. 
But there's a lot of people here that, you know, are within our network that we know that have done very well for themselves at a very young age. And um, those people are taking action constantly. And that's that's why they are where they are. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more with that. It's 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 in the title of the show, the compounding effect, right? Of little actions over time, just it compounds. It's just like interest, right? And sell your money. It compounds, it compounds. It starts to get massive and massive. And before you know it, those little actions translate into massive results. Exactly. And you know what? You you say that there's not really any magic bullet or, or whatever. And I understand what you're saying there. But honestly, those three steps that you just gave, those that that'll get that's that's the key right there it's yeah. just learn research do yeah. you know that's it yeah learn about what kind of learn about what kind of investing you want to do research your market where you want to do it and then go do it there exactly. you go that's that's the that's, the, that's the secret <laughs> yeah okay that's we're good. done yeah. we're done here <laughs> What else do you got coming down the pipeline? What, what, are you, what are you working on now or what are you working on for the future that's exciting you now? Or are you doing more Belize activity or are you, what's going on? Yeah, so it's like, you know, I just I just got home three days ago um, from this from this trip and it's nice to be home. But literally the first thing that I did was I went and I looked at my whiteboard and I started updating it. What have I accomplished this year? You know, I had I had. Um, one of my things on the board was to author a book, right? I wanted to write my own book. And um, during the time that I was gone in Belize, um, I found somebody who who was willing to do a co-author on a book. And so we finished that. I think it's coming out next month. Um, I don't know what the book title is. I think we, we haven't fully decided on it. But um, so I've co-authored my first book that's coming out next month, um, which is really exciting. Um, I put a plan in place to, you know, to continue educating myself, like, the thing is, is that to, to become successful and to become a better version of yourself is constant improvement. It doesn't just like end one day, right? Um, I love the saying of like, you're either growing or dying, right? And so I always want to be growing. I never want to be stagnant because if I'm stagnant, I'm dying. So I constantly try to improve myself. I'm trying to read more books. So, you know, I'm trying to find new books to read. And I was updating my, I was updating my whiteboard and I realized that there's so many things that I've accomplished this year that, that, uh, I was like proud of myself. Right. So I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so proud of myself. I actually accomplished all of these things. And now I need to write down some new goals of what I'm going to do. So I don't know exactly what we're going to do in Belize. Um, I know with the condo itself, it's going to be an Airbnb and it does require a little bit of love. So it needs some light fixtures. It needs some new handles. It needs some, it needs some nice touch-ups and stuff like that. Um, so we, we are going back in September. So we're going to go back to San Pedro in September and I'm going to be updating the condo, doing some renovations, and then it's going to go on Airbnb. We're going to get start getting some rental income on there. Um, so that's right now for Belize. That's really the only project that we have. The rest of the land, the, all the land acquisitions, we buy everything in cash. So I only have one that's on a vendor take back. All the other, all the other land acquisitions that we've done were purchased in cash. So there's no overhead costs. There's no maintenance. We don't have tenants to deal with. There's really nothing to do. We're just holding on to them. And then eventually we'll either sell or we'll, we'll build something on them. Um, so the Belize project, uh, really not too much going on. And then here in Canada, part of my goals is to continue acquiring more buildings. So I'm trying to find duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, or larger. Um, the market is very competitive here in Ontario. The prices are very high and the cap rates are getting compressed. So it's uh, it's a competitive market. It's hard to pick up really good 
deals. Um, so I'm continuing to network. I'm trying to, you know, expand my network and connect with more people, maybe where private deals are coming up. And, uh, and I'm also working as a realtor. So I, I did get my realtor license in March of this year. And um, I had a successful first month before I went on vacation. So I did pretty good in, in the month of March. I think I got top producer for my, for my brokerage. Um, and, uh, and then I went on vacation and now I'm back and I'm going to be back at that grind, right? So I'm, I'm going through every single multifamily property that's available in the Niagara region. And I do an analysis on them. And then I send them out to my buyers. So I'm a little bit more proactive than reactive. I don't wait until my buyers come to me. I send out the best deals with the best cap rates and ROIs to all of my buyers. And then they handpick those ones off the MLS and put offers on them. Yeah, I like that. I identify with that too. I, I mean, I think... Uh, I like to think anyways that I'm good at finding uh, the deal of the week, let's say, and sending it out instead of waiting for someone to come and say, yeah, I'm ready to buy something. Let's see what we can find. Yeah. I love I love that strategy. Um, let's talk a little bit about before we just skip by this, you know, regardless of the deal being a great deal, which it sounds like, you know, you're on the hunt for that good deal and you're able to find them with with enough uh, with enough, you know, searching i guess enough uh enough hands in the pots but um there that still requires a decent amount of capital regardless of whether you get a vtb which you said you they're only the one has the vtb on it how are you able like where does that cash come from yeah um okay so 2018 i invested my uh no 2013 when i bought that duplex that i was hacked no so Going back to 2018, the very first Burr project, the very mm-hmm. first Burr project where I invested all my money, that was about, it was $30,000 plus another $15,000 on line of credit and then like $10,000 on like a credit card. Um, so I had $55,000. I did my Burr project. I got it all back in 45 days. So I had my initial $30,000 back and then I paid off my lines of credit and credit card. I then rolled that into multiple properties. So 2019, we bought five 20 units, something like that, 20 rental units, about another 15, 20 rental units in 2020. Um, In total, I think it was about $10 million of real estate that I purchased. I refinanced every single property. That was it. Okay. 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 So you, you, and, and so when you went and bought again, like, so you, you leveraged the lines of credit and credit cards again to buy the next, bulk of the uh, units that you bought those 20 units that you're talking about and then you were able to refinance them yeah i actually never used my line of credit or credit card since 2018 um so i refinanced the first duplex to pay for the next triplex i refinanced that triplex to pay for the next fourplex i refinanced that fourplex to pay for the next fourplex and then i circled back to the first duplex refinanced it again to pay for the next duplex and i just started cycling i think once i got to about seven rental properties I realized that the portfolio grows organically, which means just based on regular 3% mortgage pay down and a 2% appreciation, your portfolio increases in value enough to give you a sufficient down payment to buy another rental property. Um, that's how some, I calculated somewhere like that. So after the seventh property, the portfolio grows organically where uh, based just on pay, debt pay down and very, very minimal appreciation of like two, 3%, which we've seen like 15%, 20%, 22% in the region. Um, and that's why I was able to scale quickly, right? So if anybody's ever read the book Outliers, 
right? Um, it goes it goes to say that a lot of it is skill, a lot of it is educating, a lot of it is taking action, but sometimes it's being in the right place in the right time. And I started investing in the Niagara region at the right time. Yeah, that, that, there's no doubt that it helps uh, when it goes up 20, 20% versus two, it just expedites things a little bit. And when we might see a a correction who knows probably yeah. I, i'm not I, I don't think we will see a big one but it, it might see a time where it goes down one percent and overall using a two percent three percent is is super safe and conservative and just off that alone right you're up five plus percent year over year just on the pay down and that and you know even one property that's i guess four years you're going to get another 20 percent there yeah you should be able to tap into and, and be able to use right yeah and as your as your portfolio grows like you know it it is, it becomes a large portion. If your portfolio is 5 million or $10 million in value, an increase of 5% is huge, right? And then not only that, but as your network grows too, right? When you're a new real estate investor, you don't have a lot of friends who are real estate investors, generally. Like, you know, usually you're going and searching for those people. And as your network expands, all of those other real estate investors are looking where to invest their money. And so that's also how I've been able to grow in Belize, right? Is a lot of my friends, I would say 90% of my network are real estate investors. And because of that, we all connect together and we're able to do investments together and we're buying stuff in Belize together and we're buying stuff here in Canada together as well. Very good. Awesome. Very good. Awesome. Any other, any other advice that you want to give on either real estate or otherwise mindset that you think has like really helped you grow uh, over time? I mean, we've talked about a bunch already, but if you could pick really one or two key ones out of that, what would be, um, what would be those biggest, biggest pieces of advice? Um, so I'm, I always think of like some of my good friends who, who are not real estate investors and they're working a nine to five job you know, they went to university, they have a master's degree or whatever, and they're making decent money, maybe six figures and, you know, maybe less, but they're, they're making decent, but they're making university degree uh, salaries, right? So they went to university, they, they got good money coming in, but they don't understand real estate investing or how it works or how to leverage the money or what, how to calculate returns. And the same thing that I explained to all of them is that the easiest way or the biggest tip or the easiest way to look at this whole picture of real estate investing is take whatever amount of money you make per month, right? Then deduct the taxes on it. So if you're making $6,000 a month or $8,000 a month, then deduct your taxes. What is your take home, your gross? If you can figure out a way to create that much cash flow, positive cash flow from rental income, you've retired yourself. And it's it's it sounds crazy that a 30 year old I know I know guys that are 19 and 20 buying r rental properties right now. And that's that's amazing. But let's say you're 30 years old. You've been in the corporate gig for 10 years for a decade already. And you're trying to figure out how how do, how do I get out of work working for another 25, 35 years at this job, you know, in the next five years. And that's very realistic that you could do that by just buying properties that cash flow. So. I, I say I like to say to, to to my clients, especially if they're new real estate investors, to only focus on cash flow. Try to get properties that are cash flowing right now. As you start becoming a, a, a veteran in investments and you're more seasoned and you have enough cash flow coming in, so you know you've built up a portfolio of dozens of units or a hundred units, and you have enough cash flow to pay for your lifestyle, then you can take away your focus from investor focusing only on cash flow. And then you can do more plays that are more on equity returns or appreciation returns in the future, right? Like five-year turnarounds on, on apartment buildings and stuff like that. But in the beginning, you should be focused just on what is your, what is going to increase your monthly cash flow to change your lifestyle because that job is never guaranteed. 
that job is never guaranteed. Whatever job you work for, it's never guaranteed. You can be replaced instantly. It's more risky sitting in that, really, in my opinion, than it is going out and, and starting yeah. something something like this, like an investment endeavor or even your own business, perhaps. Right? Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest, most of the time that job is not going to provide you with the lifestyle that you're looking for and that you've been able to, you know, work yourself into. So, yeah. um, wow. Thanks for, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very impressed with, you know, the dr- your drive, first of all, and all the success that you've been able to have because of it. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing all of this with us. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. Hopefully we've inspired a whole bunch of people with it. I think we have. And uh, I was going to serve it up to you anyways, Rob, for that. So, Absolutely inspired. I'm going to go and buy some more properties today, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you if you guys want to get in touch with me, um, easiest way is going to be through Instagram and Facebook. I think most people are on social media. Um, mm-hmm. So Instagram or Facebook, it's just Sean, S-H-A-W-N-R-E-A. It's my first name, last name. Um, if you're not on social media on Instagram or Facebook, you can email me at sean.rea at gmail.com. Um, if you're also not on social media, and you're emailing me, you should probably get on social media because if you want to expand your network, you need an Instagram and Facebook account to do that. Um, so that's another tip if, if, if you don't have one of those. Yeah. Well, let's say you're a little bit older, you know, you're not really into that kind of thing, but you got lots of money that you want to invest with Sean. He's still open to the emails. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's great. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have some people reaching out to you because that's super exciting, man. You, you've done a lot. Uh, um, Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, same same as always, 289-389-6846 or Sandy at mckayrealtynetwork.com. And people can reach me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. Don't forget all of Sean's contact info is going to be in the show notes, so you can always get it there if you didn't have a chance to jot it down. Um, I don't even know what else to say. We're done. Little by little, little uh, we'll action, see. little by little, and just go take action. That's the that's the that's compound the, effect of taking action. Exactly, yeah, that's what we're calling the that episode. Book. Yeah, you should read the book too. If you haven't read the compound effect, read it. It's a good book, but it's exactly that. Action, action, mm-hmm. little action every day. You'll you'll get some results. Cool. All right, guys. Well, we'll we'll see you all next time.